get this thing going one way or another. Guys know how this thing roll. We're going to talk about these Dallas Cowboys, upcoming opponents. It's the room fill up. Don't forget to hit that like button. Share this content. Yes. Don't forget to hit that like button. Share content. Let's get this thing going one way or another. This is your brother, Law Nation. The Dallas Prospect. We're going to do this thing going. Yo, what's up? Let's get this thing going. Who you are? Tell them who you are, DDP. What's up, man? Uh, I am the Dallas Prospect, it looks like. So, yeah, I am, I'm excited, man. We, we were here to talk some Cowboys and Giants preview this game. Right. We got uh, we got Ninja Nuts in the house. He jumped on this before we even started talking, man. He's he's on the notification squad. Yes, indeed. That's what I love to hear, man. When you're part of the notification squad, that means you 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 in it to win it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, hey, we're joined by a special guest tonight. We got a computer here with us. Computer, what's up? What's up? Not that much, man. Not that much. So if you guys remember, we had Computer with us at the NFL Draft live stream. Also had him at a Mexico happy hour event we did, which was mm-hmm. more Cowboys talk. Really at the start, I think, of free agency, because I think it was the next day Alan Hearn signed. And we were like, man, that day, that news had to wait just one day, huh? <laughs> right. I couldn't couldn't give us that extra little something to talk about. But no, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited here to, to have Computer back on with us. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. Uh, but but hey, we here now. And uh, computer man, tell me what's been going on. Uh, been ripping and running a little bit. Been uh, still not seeing you yet. Oh no, you got you got to turn. You'll see him on his on his like live feed if you go to like his video on YouTube. It's in Hangout where the video source. Or you is. can go to Facebook, or you can go to Silver yeah. and Blue uh, Nation page, Big Game James page. We on Phantom right now too, as well. We on DDP's page, the Dallas Prospect. You can go there to one of those pages and just hit the mute button, and then that's where you can see all of us in its full entirety. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I've been went to Vegas for a bachelor party and went out there for some work. Yeah, I got my Jordan head on. So anybody out there in Vegas, if you're going to Vegas, make sure you go by Jordan and tell them computer sent you and they'll hook you up. Um. Got back home, then went to had to go to Nashville for two days. Paul uh, did a song. We know uh, Machine Gun Kelly dissed Eminem. No, yeah, for and, real. Yeah, it was the first successful diss of Eminem out of anybody ever. Uh, then uh, Yellow Wolf and Machine Gun Kelly did a song together. Eminem supposed to have been on the song. Paul remade the beat for Bout About and then made it crunk and did a different different style hook. And um, so it ended up just being Yellow Wolf and Machine Gun Kelly. Then and Machine Gun Kelly this, he said, "Don't take my verse off Yellow Wolf's album." And and uh, but Eminem people was cool with it, so they left him on the album. So he was in Nashville shooting a video to the song, it was pretty crunk. They shot it kind of like Fight Club, the movie. Uh, mm. pretty, and uh, pretty crunk, crunk, pretty crunk song. Uh, wrote up with a friend of mine. Uh, she was telling everybody I was quiet and wasn't talking. Right. I'm like, yeah, right. the Cowboys got beat. <laughs> a man. Yeah, that'll bring anybody down. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't talk during football season. I'm very quiet. No uh, doubt, no man. Doubt. Hey, did you have a birthday come around or something like that, or are you getting yeah. wiser over there? Yeah, I had a birthday. Went to Vegas, celebrated my birthday. Turned up. Boys pop bottles. We pop bottles, and 
hit up all my boys run the clubs out there. So it would, you know, I lived out there twice. So it, I was just, you know, and uh, well, the crazy thing about it, the several past six or seven times I've been there, since I moved back, I've been working or doing something. I really didn't have a chance to go out, but this trip, I got a chance to go out and see everybody. It was, it was a good trip. Yes, indeed, man. But right now you're live like 95. And uh, we were talking about Machine Kelly going against the Eminem. Now we're going to talk about this right here. Dak Prescott going against number 21, Landon Collins. He called him out. So what do you guys feel about Dak Prescott? Is he going to put up or shut up or what's going on? He definitely needs to. I'll let you go first, computer. Well, that's the first time. That's the first time I ever seen him angry. Mm-hmm. Did y'all see the look on his face today? And you yeah. know, I, I was listening to Nate Newton, and that was Nate was saying that at some point that gonna have to get mad, but like enough is enough. You know, he's uh now people are comparing him to Quincy Carter, saying he's worse than Quincy. Uh saying he's worse than Quincy Carter. He gets ragged out by his own media in Dallas. The fans pretty much jump on him. Um right. I, I just, do y'all think the negativity from everybody else has finally just took a toll on this franchise to where will never be able to recover because there's so much extra negativity that comes from the fans, the media, anybody that's involved. Nobody really has any faith. Nobody's trying to look forward to the future on top of having to fight the NFL on certain stuff too. It's to where, you know, you see calls against us that you don't see calls against other teams. And it just, it just, you don't think it just all just done piled up to where it's ain't no coming back. Yeah, man, I mean, it's a lot of envy. It's a lot of jealousy, man. Uh, all throughout the offseason, we know that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but they couldn't get the Dallas Cowboys out their mouth. This is just the national I'm media. Sure they love to talk about the Cowboys, and I look at it from this aspect, too, as well. Shout out to Big Game James in the house, too, as well. Thank you for tuning in, Big Game. Let's get this thing going one way or another. We're going to order some chicken wings. Let's get this thing going, man. <laughs> What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, man. We yeah, look, we got live you, man. like 95, man. Can you see me? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, can see uh, you. Yeah, it's it, it just that okay. when you guys on my hangout feed, you can't see me, though. But you can just jump on the live show and you can see us from there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but this is the thing. Uh, instead of being America's team, we're the America's most yeah. wanted. You know, I think that uh, the Dallas Cowboys got, it got so much of hatred coming from left and right that regardless of what we do, we always get scrutinized. We always get chastised and brutalized against the uh, against the national media. If if Dak Prescott going up picking up trash off the street, there's something wrong about that picture. If he if he's uh, running a yellow light, there's something that's that's catastrophically wrong about that guy. So it's just so many things that we get news slanted in a different view of things because we're America's most wanted, not the America's team no more. We just America's most wanted. I mean, definitely. I mean, even with the comment the other day from Cole Beasley talking about it, when when he was asked about it, he made basically the statement saying that it doesn't matter what we do, even if there is nothing of note going on, they'll scrounge up something for a story. And then what got made into a story? The fact that Cole Beasley said there's not always a story like they'll take something and make it a story just because of the spotlight that's on the Cowboys. And I mean, let's be honest, that's what Jerry wants anyway. Right. It, good or bad, if you're talking about the Cowboys in Jerry's mind, he's winning. That's mm-hmm. why sometimes you'll see even like the Cowboys front office float out some story or something like that or make some kind of uh, questionable or controversial point like regarding Jerry on 105.3 The Fan. I think it was yesterday talking about Dak needs to run more. Like, like he needs to run more. Dak asked about it today. He said, 
he hasn't told me that. So it's just kind of one of those things where maybe in the moment he's like, oh, this will this will, you know, grab a headline and keep people talking, get people to debate it. And if they're talking about you, they're thinking about you, then that's winning. That's us winning. Well, to me, it, I mean, jump in, James, you have something to say also, but I, I, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just tired and frustrated about it. You know, it's like, sure. um, it's one thing, you know, you listen to other teams cover their teams and how positive they are about everything. And us is like, oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I don't get it. It's just like the whole thing with Dan Bailey. Uh, when they got rid of Dan Bailey, most of the, the guys on DallasCowboy.com was going off on the front office about their decision to do that. And Nate Newton was like, hey, man, can y'all kind of calm that out? And then the guy, you know, Derek Eaton, he the boss, and he was trying to get them to chill out, but they just kept on going off on, you know, I'm like, as fans, we don't want to hear all of that. We don't want to, if we want to hear some negative crap about our team, we'll go to ESPN. Right. When you come home, man, you don't want to hear your wife, well, you know, you, you're terrible. You're awful. Get out of here. You know, yeah. you know when it happens, you know, and I'm just, over the years, I'm just like, I'm to the point where I don't even listen. A lot of stuff I don't even listen to anymore because I don't want to hear all that negative talk, you know. It's one thing. It's it's a way from being jealous to where it's a it's a money maker for them. It's a it's a something they can say. Like the whole thing with the Randy Gregory, you know, they keep coming out saying this and yeah. saying there's nothing really going on with the kid. You know what I'm saying? That hurts. That threw him out of rhythm. You know, look what look when they released the news the day of the game. They could have released yeah. it Saturday. They could have released it uh, actually that Friday or that Thursday. But hey, let's wait to the day of the game. Let's say that Randy Hours Gregory. Hours before kickoff. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, it just, I'm like, come on, man. It's like, I'm, I'm just a little, I am tired of it, you know. And it's like, and then you see the calls, you know. You know, like that call on, on, uh, uh, Tyron Smith, that call ain't never been called before. That wasn't holding when he pushed the guy. Yeah, but that call wasn't. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, come on, man, what can we do? But right, just, James, what, what do you got on uh, Randy? I know, I know that's kind of your guy, the prodigal son, and everything. Uh, I know you've been kind of conflicted with all this new story and everything. What do you got? Um, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of frustrated with the whole situation with Randy Gregory. I just. Just as y'all said, I mean, I was there at the game and uh, I had people inboxing me saying, hey, man, Randy Gregory might be in trouble. And I'm like, what? I went live and I don't ever go live like that. So that got to tell you how much you mean to me, how much I like him. I don't know him, but he just seemed like, you know, beyond talent, he seems like just a good, good kid. Um, and, you know, it's just disturbing to me how, um, you know, it's just not right to me how they can get away with throwing out that false type of news and nothing is really going on. And you get everybody in cahoots. You mess with this kid's brain. You mess with fans' brains. You mess with everybody's brains just to get a story. And it's like I didn't even know what clickbaiting was until I started getting in the media. And then they started telling me what this stuff was. I remember I posted an article and somebody said, you're clickbaiting. And I said, I don't know what that is. So <laughs> I yeah. was like, what the hell is clickbaiting? I didn't know what the hell that was. I had to go to G and be like, what is clickbaiting? So I had to understand what that was because I was like, I don't try to do that. But these guys out there do that stuff and they don't get in trouble. They don't get nothing happen to them. And they can just keep on throwing out stories. And I don't get that. It, like I said, now you got them with a concussion. They don't know if he's going to play and something like that. If you're a player coming by, back from that and you got to hear that all the time in the media and you got to hear them saying false things that 
you know, from what Jerry and them saying that it's not true, that's got to mess with a player's brain when he's trying to play. Just like you said, the day of the game, you could have did another mm-hmm. time to really come out there and do that. And it just seems like it kind of threw him out of whack. He didn't play great, and then he gets the concussion. It's just like, wow, you know what yeah. I mean? What what a little thing. A lot of this game is not just physical, it's mental. And if you get mentally checked out in the game or something is really going on in your head, even when you're playing, you don't play your greatest because right. things are, are bothering you, things are affecting you. That's why they want you to have a clear mind when you go on that field uh, because if you're not – focused on what you're trying to do you saw what penalties have we had in that game how we look sloppy it's the mental side of the game that mm-hmm. needs to always be together or things will always happen you'll fall apart as we did in that game one yeah agreed uh on the on the story coming out that day that that's something i was talking with uh i think it was ari at the time when that news first came out that that happens every year on any story i mean they're always going to find something I guarantee they have those stories hours before they release them, if not days before they have them. And they sure. they For drop sure. them when they do because they want you to tune into their pregame shows. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when the Cowboys played, I think it was Jacksonville in London in 2014. When you know the art, uh, not the article, the the story comes out. You know, right before their NFL broadcast starts, talking about oh, the some of the Cowboy players were out past curfew last night. Oh. And they try and blow it up like it's this big story, like, oh, the coaches didn't even know where they were. And it's just it's stupid stuff. They're just it's like you said, it's clipping. They're just trying to get people into their broadcast to, you know, to tune in. And it doesn't matter if they have anything substantial or not. I don't know what's going on with the Randy Gregory thing. The way nothing has come out, it sounds like at the very least, even if there was some kind of stumble, it's not being treated as if it's a full blown incident like he's had in the past yeah but this is the thing too as well a federal case just was released uh i believe in one last week whereas the lady was using cannabis to help out with her ptsd and a a job actually denied her uh the uh, the ability to work for that said company and what happened was she went to federal court and she won that case and they were saying that this particular case and i don't have the docket number or the case file or what have you but they said by her winning this case by her winning the case for the fact that she can take this cannabis and still go to work because she was denied workability because of the, because of her PTSD, uh, I guess disabilities. Now what that does is open up the books. Now that now the NFL players that can say, hey, if I'm taking this certain cannabis or I'm taking this certain type of drug in order to work for the NFL, then they will have to give me room because they allowed this lady to play. You know, they allowed this lady to go to work. So I believe uh, deep down in my heart that the NFL is looking at this uh, drug policy and saying, you know what? Maybe the tramadol and the uh, gabapentin and all this other stuff and the oxycodone, whatever we give to these football players is, is worse. But maybe weed is not that bad. So we're going to just fall back on this thing because we have yet to hear yeah. news from Rico Gathers. We just don't know what the NFL is going to do. They like to hold these stories to when all of the ratings are down. And they, then they say they pull it out and say, you know what? Let's just go ahead and suspend Rico Gathers for two games. You see, I'm, and, I'm and they're playing with that. people's lives, you know. It's just crazy for the ratings. They say another thing that the NFL does is, too, they might realize some of the company, you know what, y'all come out with y'all own strand. And sell it to the players, and then that's money coming in. You know what I'm saying? Because my buddy that owned Jordan in Vegas, 
they making a killing. The line is that I'll stop out there and see him. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's a line out the door. And the NFL, yes. you know one thing about them, they're about money. Somebody could have been like, you know what, right now y'all in the, the drug companies control y'all, but now y'all can own your own brand. You know what I'm saying? That, that would be very trippy if the NFL had its own strain man, of man, that wasn't, marijuana, for sure. That's what they, they do, and they give it to the player. Say, but you're going to use it, you got to use it. We test you got some other strain in your body, we're going to spin your ass six times. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's money. And then the whole thing with me is, is, is Jerry, okay, let me ask y'all this question. We got two questions for y'all. Sure. Let's, let's go with this first one. Law, you know this from living in the South and growing up in Jackson. And what Quincy went through as a quarterback. Do you think uh, just any other race of quarterback can make it in the Dallas system with the South being so hard on you got to be perfect and you can't make any mistakes? You know what I'm saying? It just it's just how it is down here. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you know, from growing up and working and getting jobs and stuff down here, you're not allowed any uh you can't have any mistakes. You gotta be pretty much be perfect all the time. You know, the same way with you know, if you with your driving record or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? Getting a job, you can't have no kind of blemish on your on your on your thing. And it just you know, you just have to you know, you just it's just life. You just have to right. work twice as hard and you think that he's catching slack because of that, or it just on top of him not really having a, a good support team far as he don't have a veteran quarterback to bounce ideas off of on the sideline. And then come to find out Scott Linehan don't even talk to him then again. He got to talk to Kit to to more. And it just it just seemed like a weird situation for a quarterback to have to go through, to have to come in and be the veteran and the starter and be the leader all at one time, along with learning, you know, how to play in the NFL. This almost his third year. It's a lot of pressure on him. You know, yeah. and being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they talk about him getting another contract on top of him having all them endorsements. You think it's just too much on it? Well, well, this is how I look at it collectively. I, I think that Dak Prescott, do for number one, needs a veteran in his ear. Uh, Kellen Moore, he can't get that from Kellen Moore, nor Cooper Rush, nor uh, the white kid that he picked up. And I don't think Scott Lanahan is, is a, a capable of communicating with Dak Prescott on those levels. And, and on top of that, with when you're talking about good quarterbacks or decent quarterbacks, however – uh, I know a, I know of a quarterback named Brett Favre. He, he ran out of Atlanta. I know of a quarterback named Steve Young, who was ran out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know of a quarterback named Drew Brees, who was ran out of uh, the, the Chargers. So, I mean, there's time where you got to understand that even at this point, and I know I'm a lot of people say I'm Dak Prescott apologies. I did a, a good, the bad, the ugly video. And now people are calling me Dak Prescott hater, but. Even at this point of time, all what we've seen of Dak Prescott, this right now, Tony Romo didn't get a chance to even play until he's 26 years old. Dak Prescott is not even 26. Even if we love and we gall over Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was not even on the field right now at the age of Dak Prescott is right now. I'm not calling Dak Prescott an Aaron Rodgers or a Tony Romo. But what I'm saying is collectively, when you have a younger quarterback, you got to give him time to grow. Now, granted, we will say that, oh, the uh, – the, the Russell kid, uh, 
he he got a Super Bowl and he was able to play and this sort of thing. Russell was a third round draft pick who came behind a superb, and I'm talking about a superb uh, Seattle Seahawks defense, who all he had to do at that point was manage the football field. And all he had to do was play with short area, and he had a good uh, coach too as well. So we can't compare those things together. But I just feel like the Cowboys nation, if I say, hey, give the kid time to grow and he may become something, but we already have uh, over 80% of our fan base to say, uh, he, you know, he can't throw a ball. He can't hit water. If he fell off a boat, this need to be the year that we get rid of him and get somebody else. It's always like that with the Cowboys nation. Nobody would give, want to give nobody time to grow. Well, you know what? I, I kind of, on my issue with the Dak Prescott thing, I just analyze it for the three years he's been there. I mean, I I love Dak. Going, I, going I, into I, his third year, but go ahead. Going man. to going to his third year, yeah. um, but I may be honest. On my end, just from my perspective, mm-hmm. when when Dak was at Mississippi State, um, the the only thing that was bothering me about Dak was my worry was could he make the intermediate throws? Could he make anticipation throws? Because he was more of a running style quarterback, and you could see he could make those big plays when he was at Mississippi State but he couldn't make those consistent mid-level, mid-range throws that you need to make to move the chains. That's what was my, you know, I wanted to see. You know, when we saw him in the first couple games, we all saw him in that Rams game, and it was like he was throwing lasers, and I was just like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe, okay, I'm getting a little excited. And then, you know, you saw him in the games, um, and you're like, oh, he, he, he this was – in my head in 2016 oh he has touch okay because i didn't know if he had that touch i didn't know if he can make those throws and then i was seeing those going he was making them i was like okay but you could also see where you could see those uneven traits where the footwork and he had to had to be right because honestly he doesn't have the best throwing motion that's the biggest thing i noticed about him when i watch quarterbacks when you mention russell wilson law when you mention aaron Rodgers, when you mention tony romo we all know quarterbacks and when you you can tell when you see a quarterback throw the ball when they throw it the throwing motion the over the arm throwing motion where the ball kind of it can kind of guide in it can kind of dip in it can do beautiful things because of the throwing motion if you have more of a straight arm motion that ball does not is not a is not a, a soft ball if i'm trying to if you kind of understand what i'm saying it's not a soft pass it's not a it's not a good pass it's kind of like a hard pass like when when i watched colin kaepernick Mm-hmm. One thing that stood out with Kaepernick was, yeah, he was a great athlete and he could make those big plays, deep passes. You know, he could he could wing it, but it was just like with that throwing motion. Then when he was getting real big, it was like that throwing motion. It made it like it wasn't a natural pass. Yeah. When I would watch him, it wasn't a natural looking pass. And I, when I watched Dak Prescott, just to me, it since I've watched him, it's always been a not a natural looking pass. How trash so just, how trash was uh Steve Young when he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And I know I'm kind of jogging your memory cuz I know you and I we can we can go back to the uh the the, the early 80s and the, in the mid 90s and things like that. Right? But do you don't think Steve Young still threw a good ball? Man, I, I think he West Coast offense. He he didn't have to, you know. And then you have Jerry Rice, of course. So right. it'd probably be a hard hard deal for me to reach out to that. But you know, I think that you know, even though how bad Dak Prescott played, 
his his numbers and everything was still better than those of Nick Foles. And right now, nobody's talking about Nick Foles' play because it, his coaching staff and everything else, I do know that we talk about execution, but there's still things that, like, the coaching staff can do to help benefit you. You see what I'm saying? So, yes, I so I believe that the system that we are in, this is more of a vertical system. I think that Scott Lenihan still come from a so, vertical system. Can uh, I ask you something? Well, I, I, I want to ask me. you a quick I want to ask you a real quick question. So I, I've seen a lot of people saying it wasn't on the coaches. Well, I hear people saying it wasn't on the coaches this game, mental mistakes, those kind of things were happening. But how come when it's the mental mistakes with Tyron Smith or Ezekiel, the line, it's the mental mistakes and it's not the coaches. But when Dak Prescott is off, it's not, it's not Dak Prescott. You know what, you get what I'm saying? It's like he's not getting – people are, like, apologizing for – him not making the plays and to me i watched him and i love that you know what i mean i want him to succeed more than anybody I, i've been backing him the whole time and i'm not going away from it but at certain times it's just like come on dak you can you can see it in the game man i mean we all watch the game you can tell when it's just like come on man make that pass make that throw like they can't be, they can't be covering they can't be covering that 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 carolina secondary is not that great no i, I the, the pass that like a lot, it was a lot of confusion. Like the pass, that one that he, uh, they, they say he short. I, which I thought he short on to the to the. That was a killer. No, I I listened to Mickey explain. No, that Mickey explained. He said that he took off and he started to run, and then Jarvis stopped in a spot, and that's what Dak threw the ball to that stop, and then Jarvis started back up again because he asked. He said he asked the tight end to come to find out that's what happened on that play was that Dak then he just didn't short on him. He threw to a spot that he thought he was going to be at. But he took off again because he thought Dak was going to still run and he wasn't going to throw it. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what play you're talking you about. You gotta make that but, play, but, 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 but I know Steve Smack was. Mickey you gotta Smack make Mullen. that play. I don't you, care. You, that you was seven zero. We were driving. <laughs> hey, he had to, if he floated that ball the way he was running because he was already off balance, if he would have floated that ball, Jarwin would have been able to stand up and catch that. It's something about touch, yeah, because because he had single high safety, single high, single high safety, and then on top of that, he had all of the room to the left side of that field. He shouldn't have threw underneath on that spot. And I understand what Spagnola is saying, but what he, he had to do is throw that ball the like that. Yeah, you agree, Law? What'd you say? I said you agree. He didn't need to throw that ball like that. If he would have led him and just did a, th- a soft ball, you don't think Jaron would have just caught it? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I mean, and that was a critical play. That was a third down play. We were, I mean, we'd have been on the 30 yard line. That could have changed the whole outcome of the game. Those are the type of plays as a quarterback you have to make. That's all I'm saying. You have to make those plays because if you're trying to be a top level team, you have to make those plays. Because as I said, people are coming at me like it's only one game. To me, it's not only one game. It's 16 game season. Uh, like I said, this ain't 82 games. This ain't 182 games. This ain't a long season. This is 16 games. Every game in the NFL is critical, especially the NFC. We have four straight NFC games coming out the gate. What always yeah. plagues Dallas Cowboys later on in the season? We lose those early season games, the teams that we're not supposed to lose, and then when it comes to playoff time and playoff implications, we have to rely on a team, and then we get hot, win a couple games, and the next thing you know, the team that we lost to – beats a team, and then we're sitting on the outside looking in. We can't afford to do that. And from top on down, Dak has to get better. I love you, Dak, but you got to get better. 
we got to get better. And with this challenge, with, with this guy, Landon Collins, calling him out, I hope he gets mad and, and shows everybody because he has to right now because right. we can't be coming in there 0-2. No well, doubt. And there is, there is a silver lining on this. and uh, I'm going to let you uh, say something, DDP. Go ahead, but I'm going to give it a silver uh, lining. I'll start into the computer real quick, and then I was going to jump in. Oh, I, I, I can go ahead and give the silver lining then. All right, this is the thing. The next four teams that we play, they 0-1-2 as well. And then on top of that, on top of that, what I tell everybody, it's just the first game. I know what you're feeling about a uh, big game. But anybody got their score right now against the Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals? What's the score? It was like 31-14 last I saw. Last time I saw on the TV week one, everybody was already crowning the Ravens as the Super Bowl champions because they beat a team 40-something to three or something like that. So it was Buffalo. Who's the awful. Bills. <laughs> they were crowning them champions after beating the Bills. I yeah, hope not. They, please, Lord, don't do that. With Josh Allen as your quarterback, no, don't please. Don't, don't do that one. <laughs> but that's the silver lining. That the silver lining is that every time somebody beat the Cowboys, they go into the Super Bowl. But when we beat this them, ah, they was zero and one, or they da da da. But the next four opponents that we play, they all zero and one. I feel you, Law, but we still got to win, and you know we got to win that division game, oh, yeah. Mr. Giants. And you know. Eli Manning, he fluky. I ain't really worried about Eli Manning no more. And quite as kept, I really ain't even tripping off Beckham. I feel like it's a game we we should win. I just feel like it's a game that Dak has to, once again, this is a game that Dak has to make plays. This is a season where Dak Prescott has to make plays. I don't care what nobody say. Like, this ain't on nothing else this year. We already know what Zeke can do. We know what that line can do when they get together. Every, we know what they can do. Dak Prescott's got to do it this year. He's got to play his ass off. But first of all, you talk all that shit about that. Be angry all you want, but the man. I ain't talking shit about him. I'm talking real shit. I'm not talking about shit. I'm just talking about just your attitude towards the man. Was hit, was sacked six times. How many times was he hit? And then that time they hit him in his back. I don't think he was right the rest of the game. And he got got hit in that back on that third or fourth play. He does have an ankle injury. And you know something else wrong with him too. Because they hit him in his back, he he crunched. You know when they hit him in his back. Hey, then, computer, move, move, your, move your camera to the right because I don't want them to give you a nickname called the chair because all we see is the chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, he, uh, I'm just working on this other one. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Uh, but he, you know, he, he, he took some, he took some hits. You know, ever since that Atlanta game, he, he, had, he hadn't had a clean pocket since before that Atlanta game. And, you know, maybe he's thinking about those, those hits. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was throwing them passes before. He was zipping that ball out there, and he was getting it, you know. But when he started, well, then I mean, if he's taking those hits, then they need to do like they did in the fourth, third, and fourth quarter, and they need to do them on a quick rhythm. He plays better when he plays in a quick rhythm. If you notice, when they start uh, kind of doing a no huddle type offense and letting him do the quick throws where he can move out the pocket and it's quick back to the line, he plays better. It's that time when we have, he has to sit there in the pocket. It seems like that's where he has to yep. struggle because that footwork. If you watch his footwork. It, the ball drifts. Yes, indeed. Yeah, this I, is a I thing. agree totally, 100%. And computer's right, too. The Atlanta game is where Dak got completely jacked up. Uh, he got murdered in that game. Sacked eight times total, six times by Adrian Claymore. And but they said Claymore, and he, he's not he's not been quite the same since then. His mechanics got rushed. He started um, holding the ball too long, not trusting his throws. I think he's too much in his own head because he's, he's clearly somewhere lost the drift right now. Because the, the excuse I made 
all through his eight-game struggles at the second half of last season was that he had Tyron Smith and Zeke Elliott on the field with him, a grand total of three snaps the rest of the, the last eight games. That wasn't the case Sunday, and Sunday was the third worst total yardage performance by the Cowboys in the Dak Prescott era. And that, that has to account for something because he had both those guys on the field. Now, you might say part of it can just be that he didn't get enough preseason snaps, but I, I think that you're, you made a good point as well, James, talking about how once they kind of cut him loose in that fourth quarter drive, that eight-point drive, that's when he started going and the offense started moving. He started looking a little bit more like the 2016 deck. Why? Because he wasn't having to try and – he wasn't overthinking. He wasn't in his own head. They were right moving there, quicker. Really. Boom, boom, yes, boom, exactly. Boom. When he when plays like him, that, he's better. Who he yard is his best play. Yes. Can we get can we get the quarterback? Can we get the one that him the one that went up against Aaron Rodgers twice and played <laughs> and played just as good as Aaron Rodgers did? Can we get that that? Why we can't get that that in that offense? Because it's like they never want to do it. It's like they I don't understand it. I don't I don't know the thought pattern in their brain, but I just feel like it's easy to see when Dak has to just like DDP just said. I feel that one hundred percent when he doesn't have to sit there and think. And I'm not saying he's not a thinker. He's not a smart kid. I'm not saying that. But when he just can come back in rhythm, one, two, three, boom, one, two, three, boom, where he can, uh-uh, shotgun, here comes the read, bam. It's like he gets that and he starts getting in that rhythm. That offense gets to going and gets the juice. And then he gets to running a little bit more. But it just seems like when he has to stay in that pocket and he has to make those those good anticipation throws, it's like he doesn't do it. I don't know if he's worried about the interception, the turnover. I don't know, but it just seems like sometimes he doesn't want to cut loose when I see other quarterbacks. I see the young guy like Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. I see this kid, and this is only his second year. He set the bench pretty much the whole year last year. He's coming in there winging it, like with no thought pattern of what he's doing. Like he's just going out there playing strong and confident and that's what i want to see and i honestly i don't see the confidence i i, I think that's the one i want to the word i want to say i don't see the confidence like when i see a patrick mahomes i'm not saying patrick mahomes is all world i'm just using him as an example as a young quarterback i see confidence in mahomes when he plays yeah i'm not seeing the confidence in dak prescott when he's playing right now when, right. when you play for an organization that you're going to be scrutinized from left to right, and I do know that as heavy as the crown that the, uh, that I mean, the team that wears that it, comes but, with the you know, territory. He knew that. Territory. He's yeah. doing all the commercials. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that, he's doing a lot of commercials. No, he yeah. got a lot of endorsements. You're not, you can't, come on, man. You got, I'm not hating on him. Call, we talking real. I thought we talking real. I know that. Yeah. Talk, yeah. I thought we talking real because he does have a lot of endorsements. How do you know that could be a distraction? You can talk real and be positive at the same time. I am being positive. I just told you I love him, but why can't I still be critical? I love my Cowboys, but I'm still going to be critical of him. I don't think he is. I just think he might. Have, I think they already. They might already have ruined him already. It, that is entirely possible. I think Dak is by nature a bit of a conservative quarterback, and with how ultra conservative this offense is it only further handcuffs him. And in 2016, they just kind of turned him loose because it was like they didn't have – once they got going, they kind of just saw, okay, this is working, we're going to ride it out. But I think early on they didn't really have expectations for him and they just said, okay, we can't try and put him in this box and make him like a Romo right now. We need to just let him do his thing or we're going to play to his strengths. Now they're trying to kind of make him more of a pocket passer, and that's partly by necessity because now you have – all this film out on him and teams know 
what he can do, what he can't do. And so they're not trying necessarily. Yeah, they'll, they'll sack him, of course, if they can get to him. But they're more than anything, and Landon Collins even said it, they're trying to contain him, keep him inside that pocket and make him beat them from the pocket, and that is not his strength. And when, and they, turn to prove loose, it. when they turn him a little bit loose, mm-hmm. you'll see better drives like you saw that eight-point drive against Carolina. And, uh, you know, the, the, one, the one that ended the game for Dallas, that's self-destructive, but it didn't self-destruct until – we had, what was it, two straight sacks and then a false – or no, a delay of game by Dak. That's on Dak. That's totally inexcusable. But it, the drive just completely, you know, hit a brick wall suddenly when you had Connor Williams get blown up twice in a row. Now, that's just an example there. That's talking about his protection. But if you look at his average time per dropback, he had about three seconds, which is higher than the league average. So he took, what, six sacks in the game, five, six sacks, but his average – time before you know having to get rid of the ball was still higher than the league average so Dak's got to be better but they also have to unleash him a little bit like they did well well well, let me just tell you guys this as far as the defense that they're going to face everything the Panthers got the Giants got either equal to or better minus Luke Keekley you they got a better cornerback out there guy named Jack Rabbit uh, Shannon Sharp called him the clamps when he put the clamps down on him. And then they got a rangy, a physical, a smart, educated safety. And he wears number 21. And they got some pressure that they're going to put in the middle. So they're going to play a lot of single high safety looks. And they're going to play man-to-man. And they're going to try to say, okay, we're not worried about the tight ends because your tight ends ain't – we're not even they're worried about the tight ends. a lot ends. of press coverage. Press coverage. So Dak going to have to beat the press to one-on-one. So in order to soften that box, because uh, even though we think that they put eight and nine men fronts out there with the Panthers, they said, nah, we don't need to do that. We just load up seven in the box. We trust our guys to come home. And uh, I think that it's a copycat lead. I think that the Giants are going to look at the same philosophy that the Panthers did and say, okay, we're going to try to eat them up. Now, this is the thing. There's no way we win this game if we give Ezekiel Elliott 14 to 15 carries. There's no way we win this game. This is going to have to be a game where you say, okay, we're going to lace them up, line them up, and we're going to play our strength to your strength, and we're going to see who come out with the W. And that's the only way the Cowboys win this game. Now, Dak Prescott, he can try to make it a chess match against uh, number uh, 20 and number 21, but I strongly and i'm telling you i strongly recommend that dak prescott don't do that just don't do it don't try it uh if you anybody have any time if you have the nfl game pass i might try to put it on the patreon but if anybody have time watch the giants versus the jaguars game the jaguars have a very similar uh offense and a very similar uh team as we have as it relates to offense blake borders Dak Prescott, quarterback, everything, yeah, everything. everything from A to Z. Of course, they. I said that they receivers slightly or or majorly better than uh, better than ours, but it's it's pretty much identical. Well, you see what the Giants did defensively. I mean, they the Jacksonville Jaguars weren't impressive on offense. Blake Bortles wasn't impressive at all. Uh, they did were able to run the Great ball, news. and then you know had uh, Fournette uh, go out the game, but they were running the ball pretty well on them. But it was mainly that defense. That defense pretty much shut them down. I mean, Barkley really didn't have a great game. He had 100 yards, but it was that big 60-something yard run. If you look at that, was a you know big chunk of his run. He had over 20 carries, 100 yards, and 60 of it was on a big run. So it don't look like your average was great, and they really bottled you up. Also, I mean, we all know Odell Beckham. I think he had 11 receptions that game. We already know he's going to get the ball. 
uh, but he hasn't never really did anything to us. Eli doesn't really scare me, so they really didn't score a lot of points, and the Giants uh, still don't look scary offensively at all. So, right. once again, it's a situation just like you said, Law, our strength against their strength. We're going to have to be physical at the point of attack. Connor Williams, uh, Joe Looney, uh, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Leo Collins, y'all get within yourselves, talk within yourselves, and y'all going to have to get physical because the Giants, we always have problems up that middle. Now we got a rookie, Connor Williams, who already had problems with Poe and Short. So I don't think um, Harrison is as fast as those guys as far as on the get off, as far as the no. position, <laughs> but he's a big boy and yeah. he will manhandle you. And you know they'll try to find matchups uh, to go against Connor Williams because you know, just like you said, Law, they watched the tape and they saw Connor Williams getting pushed back in the back of the uh, in, into the offense. I mean, getting pushed back into the quarterback. And I know he's a rookie, and I'm not saying he's bad or anything like that, but I said in the very beginning, 295-pound guards, I don't see him. You know what I'm saying? I don't see 295-pound guards. And you know he probably lost weight from the 295. He was probably coming in at 295. You know you probably lost some weight, so he probably like 290. So you were like a 290-pound guard, and these dudes is 340, and they what? Yeah, they're going to push you, so you're going to have to do counters and traps and pulls or sweeps or something because that middle is getting squashed up. Yeah, let's let's talk about that Zeke 15 carries thing. Uh, so obviously in the first half, Dallas couldn't move the ball at all. They didn't have one snap inside Carolina territory in the entire first half. With, I think, just a couple minutes before halftime, Dallas was averaging one yard on first down. Like, it was abysmal how bad they could not move the ball. And every time they tried to run Zeke, they just lined it up straight up like normal. And he ran into a brick wall over and over again. And we, we saw the play. Uh, who was it that shared that? I don't remember the analyst. Law, uh, James, I remember seeing you share it. The the missed communication that would have popped a big Zeke run, if not a touchdown, on like the third Dallas. I think that was uh, uh, Brad, Bald- Brad Baldinger. Or, no, Swartz. George, uh, Je- uh, uh, Jeff Swartz. Yes, that's it. Jeff yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, some plays like that happen. I, I I do see that it was a missed opportunity, but that that's not as critical of one. To me, it, it was a lot of the Zeke runs we saw were running into a brick wall. And then it's like Dallas by half was down 10, nothing. And they pulled back the throttle a little bit on how much they were running Zeke and they won't change how they get him the ball. If they did, it was just a dump off pass, which now they've got film on that from the two previous years. And they know that's the easiest way to get the ball to Zeke. And I say easiest, the easiest, most uncreative way to get the ball to Zeke. And so that's what they were doing. And the Carolina defense was snuffing it out. Zeke was basically getting hit with a guy before he even got back to the line of scrimmage a lot of times. I mean, Law and I doing commentary, we popped twice just to see him get like a nine-yard run. Like that was so you know routine and uneventful in 2016 and even 2017 for the most part that, it, I mean, we even kind of commented in, like how sad is it that this is what excited us because that's one of the best plays we've had from the Cowboys all night or all day in the case of a three o'clock game. So I, they got to figure out something to change it up. I realize that it's not, the problem isn't solely on the coaches. And I never said that it was Dak had a horrible game, but I also think the game plan was so vanilla for the most part and how they approached it. It looked almost identical to the game plan. They've been trotting out the last two years. That's not what they told us they were going to do. They told us they were going to be more creative and find ways to get the ball into their, or get the ball to their playmakers a la Zeke, 
and that it was going to be a different offense that would help Dak and help the offense move the ball. We didn't see that, and I think that that's one of the main reasons you saw Zeke, his carries being only 15, because they fell behind and they felt like they had to start throwing the ball or do whatever. No doubt, no doubt. Computer, what you got, man, on that? I think one positive thing we can say good happen is we see who our head, next head coach is, Gary, get his stuff together. Chris Richard, Chris Richard had that defensive backfield. That was the strongest thing on the whole field is how them boys played. Everybody, yeah. else, everybody else had lax in that game except for the defensive backfield in the game. And I think that came from his coach and him being up their butt, fussing at him, screaming at them all the time. And what happened to Jalen uh, Sunday? He, he was – he wasn't himself. What? Neither was Sean Lee. Sean Lee had a team-high four missed tackles and only four tackles for the game. So did Jalen. Uh, Dallas as a team had 16 missed tackles, I read. Yeah, 16 yeah. missed tackles. But the thing is with Jalen – as long as you don't hear the defensive player's name come up a lot, then that's okay with me. But I saw Sean Lee bouncing off his body and all this stuff. So hopefully the good thing about Sean Lee, that was his bad game. He get one bad game a year, and then the rest is history. So uh, that was his one bad game coming off the gates. I guarantee you right now it's 10, 10 2 where I'm at. Sean Lee is in the, in the, in the film room right now. Yeah, I mean, he needs to be. He didn't play any hardly at all. He barely played in the preseason. So maybe it's just rust. That's how, that's what we have to hang our hat on uh, because he, he was not himself. He got run over a couple times by Christian McCaffrey. And yeah, that, McCaffrey's sneaky good, but, man, that was like, whoa, what is happening here? Yeah, is he hurt? Sean Lee? No, no, no indications that he's hurt. He's not even on the injury report. That's what I was saying. I wonder why he didn't uh... – <laughs> I'm like, man, he, he, he got flat run over on one yeah, of them. I hurt for him when that happened. I was like, oh, God, I'm like, my shoulder. I'm like, this little dude ain't decorated. Yeah. Well, McCaffrey, McCaffrey is a sneaky good running back. He's one of those guys who he's not going to typically run for 100 on you, but his total yards are always going to be over 100 because he'll get something like 46 receiving and 54 rushing or something. And they, him and Cam were just – there, there was almost nothing Dallas could do. They checked down to him, and he would shake Jalen or whoever in open space. That was one of my big matchups I detailed in last week's preview of what, what it would be for Jalen matching up in open space with Christian McCaffrey. And, man, that game went to Christian McCaffrey, no doubt. Anytime they got caught in open space, Jalen got shook, although every Cowboy defender got shook. So I don't know if it's an indicator that he's not – doing great maybe it was just a a rough game for him and he'll make us say in a few weeks like oh dude jalen's killing it this year that first game was just an anomaly you know who knows yeah because uh what's called i was like man why did they i think they should have played uh the the guy we got from green break when uh thomas when uh what's called kept missing them blocks also uh joe thomas you talking about joe thomas yeah the outside linebacker uh Man, they ain't gonna put no Sean Lee on no bench. I no, think, think he's gonna get the the other, uh, uh, the other one, the one that got in trouble for cheating the gun out of his truck. Uh, uh, Damian Wilson. Wilson. Damian Wilson. Yeah, I thought they should have put Joe Thompson there for Damian Wilson. Yeah, Damian Wilson bit so hard on that draw that uh, well, no, it wasn't a draw. It was a re- it was an RPO on second down. He crashed down so hard on the back. That was the twenty nine yard run by Cam Newton in the first quarter. <laughs> and in the replay, you see Damian Wilson bite just hard and then kind of glance back, and he's just like, shh, 
shit. <laughs> like, he, he knows <laughs> he messed up, and Cam is just in the open and just gone. Uh, that Yeah, that, that was a huge miss there. I, I don't know what it was. The Cowboys, when it comes to guarding against the RPO on second down in particular in that game, Dallas was not good. It's like they didn't know what Cam does in those situations. I'm not even worried about it because we focus on the Giants right now, and I know for sure that Eli, 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 Eli. Yeah, good point. Good point. He, will not, he will not do no RPO and uh, vertically challenging the ball down the field. We already know what the weakness of the cover two defense that we run is vertical, well, seam routes and slant routes up the middle. I'm thinking that if if they're, if if Eli not able to get the ball out to his tight end, it's going to be a nightmarish for him. And I think that he got to get this ball out within three seconds tops, well, within 2.5 seconds top, because D-Law is coming out to him. And then on top of that, Randy Gregory, hopefully he can pass pro- concussion protocol, he will be out to him. So I'm, I'm very optimistic as our defense going against Eli. I, I think that we're going to really get some hey, sacks. James. And then James. we – Big game. What's up? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to throw you a softball here. What's up? Tell me, remind me who Demarcus Lawrence is lining up against on Sunday, Sunday night. <laughs> Eric Flowers. Talk, talk to me, man. Talk to me. Bring, bring some of that fire. Tell me about. Uh, tell me how great of a matchup that is. I mean, we all seen it. I played the little video. I, I don't know if you've seen. I played a little gif where he, man, he looked. Chaz Green and him look like straight bros, like for real. Like they look like straight bros all together. Like this dude did an easy move, and he just kicked his leg out trying to trip him. You know what I'm saying? Hands didn't even touch this guy. And we already know what Flowers is, and I can't believe he still has a job even from last year. I can't believe he still has a job this year. And then, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, you saw what he was looking like last – I mean, Sunday. I mean, he got a top, uh, you know, on the PFF – uh, run defender um, was like the run defender of the week. And I mean, that's become a really good specialty for him being able to run defense. So when you got a guy that can rush the passer like he can with his technique in his hands and he's a solid run defender, I mean, he's got to be licking his chops against that dude flowers and he better get at least minimum. I think he had last year. He had two, yeah. didn't he? He had two against the Giants last right. year, didn't he? At home. Yes. Yeah. Dude, he Eric better Flowers. get it. If he had two last year and he's more seasoned, he better get at least three. In this defense, we had three sacks uh, last week. We better get at least five, no less than five this week. That's a disappointment because there's no way, like like uh, Law said, uh, Eli is a sitting duck out there now. So we need to go out there and attack him. No longer do we need to sit there and try to sit any kind of zone. We need to come after him from right. the very beginning test this dude, go after this dude, knock this dude down, beat this dude up, come after their rookie, make him do, uh, you know his assignments, make him know his blocking assignments, make the, you know what I'm saying, don't let these guys get comfortable at no point. And we need turnovers and we need to have good field position and when we get in that side that 20 we need to score touchdowns. Hey, just another hey, thing Eric, too as well. Go go, go ahead uh DDP. Yo, Eric Flowers is trash, dude. He, <laughs> I can't believe he has a job. Left tackle in the league last year, and their solution is to move him to to the right tackle now. So yeah. their their logic was that he wasn't very good at protecting Eli's blind side. Okay, fair point, true. But you move him to right tackle rather than getting rid of him, dude. Now he's got to match up with guys like Demarcus Lawrence. Why, in any sense, is him protecting Eli's blind side better when he's having to go up against the other teams, the opposing teams? Best 
Russia. Hey, let him, let, let him do it. Let him do it. it. I'm cool with yeah, it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Cool. I, I love do it, it because Demarcus Lawrence is about to eat that dude's lunch, and he's about to have three, four, four and a half sacks in this game. I'm feeling it. I'm not even kidding in this regard. I think yes, that Demarcus man. Lawrence is going to go white hot, and he's going to blow up the Giants' backfield. Now, See, I don't, has, want, I don't want to jinx him. I'm being quiet. I don't yeah, yeah, because, because I thought I thought we was going to eat good last week too. So I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't want to jinx him. I feel like he do his thing, but I don't want to say nothing because then I'll no. be like, man, damn, you ain't do jack. No, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask y'all three this right here. I'm bringing fire. I, I will eat and all the crow in the world if I'm wrong on this. I'll yeah, eat all the crow in the world. Well, I ain't told last week. Demarcus Lawrence will wreck. The Giants' backfield. Now they have to keep Saquon in check, uh-huh. but if, if it's Eric Flowers and Eli, the only thing staying between Demarcus and Eli is uh, Flowers. Dude, it's over. Like I'm not even worried about that. Well, so well, well, I will eat all the crow in the world if Demarcus Lawrence doesn't have at least two and a half sacks. Well, let me ask you guys this. I'm gonna bring this uh, to this thing. Uh, do we defer or do we receive the damn ball? <laughs> I want to ask you guys. They're always going to knowing, uh, knowing Garrett, they're going to take it. Should we just start taking the ball? Because I would, I would rather for us to have that in our pocket for the second half. I'm going to ask everybody in the we chat. We never right. get the ball to second half. We never get the ball to second right. half. We never will do it. We never, right. ever, 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 ever will do it. In the I'm chat back. box, man. I want y'all to deferred one time last season. Wow. I'm going to ask everybody in the chat box. Let me know. Week give 17. me a thumb up if you want to defer the ball or give me, like, a, a, just say. It ain't I'll, happening. Why are you, why you doing it, Law? It ain't happening. You know, people in the comments. It ain't happening. Comments. Tell me why you just throwing insane. a thumb up. It's a no. It ain't happening. No. Don't throw a thumb up. We ain't doing it. Just like when people say, everybody's talking like, well, damn, Connor Williams ain't doing it. Move him to right tackle and move. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Leo Collins, a left guard, or he's a left guard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah left guard. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just like, really, that's not happening. So why talk about that? <laughs> not moving Connor Williams to no right tackle, and he ain't going there. So don't talk about it no more because they ain't moving them. Thou should decree a thing. <laughs> it's not happening. We don't talk about it no more. <laughs> Computer, where you at, man? Bail me out. Help me out. Where the chair at, man? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just in there listening to y'all. Big game, Jay, you make me feel bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you, though. I know you do. I ain't talking about that. I'm just talking about, man. Like, man, we ain't gonna win a game. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta bring it, cause you know, computer, computer. I mean, you know, you know, you know, I, like I know. Every team that we play, they give us their best. I know. But I don't understand why we just can't get mad at somebody and hit them in their damn mouth and be like, "Leave us right. alone." You know what I'm saying? I think that's why. To me personally, I think Darren Wilson should be out here coaching and. Uh, and Chris Rich need to be defense, defense coordinator. Can I ask you a question? Who's a better player, Jason Witten or Darren Woodson? Uh, wait a minute. Uh, you threw me in for a loop right there. Uh, yeah, that was a serious, tough loop. A, both of them are reliable. Uh, Who's better player between him and Ed Reed? Oh, Ed Reed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't even bat an eye. Ed Reed was just a different type. The, 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 the safety changed. Darren Woodson played linebacker for the Cowboys. He played safety for the Cowboys. Even one season, he played cornerback. Yeah. Definitely and, a more versatile player. He said that he's one of the reasons why they won the Super Bowl because he should have been playing. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't. And he's never been up for the Hall of Fame. What's What's up with that? We talking about Darren Woody? He's, yeah, he he was up um, for it. He just didn't get enough votes to get on the nominate. Like you know what I mean, the short list. Wait, and uh, that's a joke in its own right. Like yeah, he he definitely got overlooked, and now he's got to just hope he gets in there on like I don't know what they call it, like the legacy thing, where they look back like, oh, here are players that have been you know retired for several right. several several years, and now we'll put them on that. Yeah, no, I I agree. He should get a lot more consideration than he's clearly gotten to this point. Yeah. And for him to be a great player like he was, he got to have three Super Bowl rings. And then when you talk about him going, I don't get it. And he didn't get in no trouble. He was the perfect player. So that shows you that it is a total bias against the Cowboys. If Darren Wilson would have played for anybody else, he'd been the first battle hall play. Well, you know, ring or honor, I still don't see a, a guy named Jimmy up there. So it's. Yeah, they, they ought to put a statue of Jimmy out there. We'll get the yeah, ring so. on. <laughs> they ought to do something like that, yeah. If we'd have kept Jimmy Johnson, we'd have 12 Super Bowl rings right now. If we'd have oh, yeah. kept Jimmy Johnson, it wouldn't even be no Patriots. For a simple reason that Bill, Belichick did not start winning Super Bowls until he started hanging out with Jimmy Johnson in the summertime pitch. Look it up. Mm. After the first summer, he went down there and hung out with Jimmy Oh, I know what talk. I know you're talking about that documentary. I saw where uh, Jimmy Johnson was it the two bills, one with him and Parcells. I already knew before then. I heard years ago he was going out there picking his brain. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Johnson was giving uh, Bill Belichick a lot of information and telling him on how he uh, evaluate players and if they're halfway, he don't want them. You know all that type of stuff. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I wish I could find that documentary. Yeah. I'm not even worried about Darby. I'm just expecting that he yeah. went out there. I know what you're talking about, though, yeah. He went out there and popped game on our coaching and got our, and got our plan. And we don't even have it. <laughs> it is what it is, man. So, uh, it's, it's, amazing. it's amazing that we created what everybody else is doing and we don't even do it. It's the yeah. same thing with the Mafia right now. Paul Juice ain't, ain't with a group. You know, they still, everybody's still friends, but we, it's not a group out there. I mean, Paul's making all these beats now, which is great. So I guess, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess everything ain't works itself out in the end, but it's just like everybody's doing what you do, and it's like nobody's doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, we're not doing it. I mean, all this creativity, how they pick players, how they rate players, that was all created by Jimmy. The point system, the trade point system, all this stuff was created by Jimmy Johnson, and we get rid of it. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I got, I got that's a clash of egos there. I got I got another question for you. Can somebody please answer? If I ever see Troy, I'm gonna jump on it. Why does he hate Cowboys? Say, say again, you, repeat. If I ever see Troy, I'm gonna jump on it. For for what? If I, if I see him, Reggie Bush, or Steve, or, or uh, <laughs> the other ones on ESPN with the big ears. What's his name? Stephen A. Smith. If I see any three of them out anywhere, I'm, y'all gonna have to come get me because it's gonna be some trouble. <laughs> I don't understand Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush said on national TV today, he said, you know what? The sports world is really great when the Cowboys are down. That just make things just that much better. And he said that on NFL Network today. And Mike Irvin is sitting up sit there and look at it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, man. And Troy Aikman, yeah. and Troy Aikman laughed at us on Sunday. Did y'all hear him when he did that? It, it was – some of those performances were, were, were laughable, though. <laughs> no, he laughed at them when they when – uh, not when it was bad play on the field. 
he laughed when they fullback scored that play, uh, that touchdown or whatever. When they ran that fullback play, he started laughing. You know, when they scored their second touchdown of the game, he talking about Norm and he just he just laughed on the open air at his own former team. Yeah, I definitely think Troy he doesn't have like that attachment to the Cowboys because as good as his career here was at the start, he's expressed that he was incredibly frustrated with how it ended up and that he was burnt out and sick of everything. And so that just, I think there's bitterness there that does come out at times. No doubt. As, hey, as we approach the uh, final minutes here, man, we got to get down to predictions. Uh, yep. Any one of you guys want to go first before we we roll with this? That's not doing. You want to go first with the prediction? What the score? No, I said, I said that's that's gonna do predictions, so we don't jinx our team. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I noticed. I, I noticed your sports show. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna make one. Y'all. Well, you, you you're not gonna make one. So, yeah. all right, so uh, James, man, what's good, man? You still there? I sure am. Man, what you got, man? What you got on wax right now? All of that. Uh, but, you know, going into this Giants game, I, as I said before, I think our defense is really going to control uh, the Giants, I believe. Uh, I mean, we, we, we really handled the uh, Panthers pretty good. I'm not really scared of anything about the Giants. I know they got Barkley. I'm just not really scared of him. I mean, he might get some runs here and there, but I feel like we can really contain him. We have the speed to contain him. Uh, Odell Beckham, he, he going to get some catches, but like I said, he really never done nothing with us. Um, I, I just really feel like we can get after Eli. Really critical to get some interceptions off of him. I really like to see him get some turnovers. You know he's good. When Eli starts throwing them interceptions, he throws them in bundles. So let's get him off the rack early, you know, get a quick maybe tip ball in the air interception, you know, something like that. Hit him off his mark a few times. I think we need to get some of that so we can get in the end zone early so we can get the momentum. We cannot come out the gates like we did against Carolina and not be scoring in the first half. We have to score touchdowns early. So we have to get in that end zone early. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, Law, DDP, computer, we must get in that end zone early and fast. So if we get that ball, we need to get in there. And you know what I really want us to see? Uh, if we get the ball first and we take it down the field. Um, no, no, let's no, no, no. Shot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When what? we get the ball first. Okay, when we get the ball first, <laughs> I'm saying let's kind of get um, – let's not – I know we run a run Zeke. I know we got to run Zeke 20 carries. I'm feeling that. But we got to get downfield, man. We got to hey, let it loose a little bit. We can't sit there and be conservative and try to do 13-play drives and worry about this kicker we don't know nothing about. Uh-huh. And then we get inside and get stopped. And then, you know, I mean, those are momentum killers, dog. I don't want to be seeing these 13-play drives taking up the whole damn clock and we getting three points. No, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, for, for me, if Dallas gets down – well, first of all, if Dallas gets down inside the five – and they don't run Zeke, I, I'm with you on that they can't just rely on Zeke, especially with that being like the number one thing, the Giants. In their mind, that's all they really got to worry about. So Dak's going to have to prove them wrong. But if you get inside the five and you don't give Zeke the ball on three straight plays, I'm going to lose my damn mind if we have to relive Seattle last year where they got down to the one or two yard line and three straight pass plays. I will not, I will not be in good health if that's what happens. But I, I feel like it's going to be a still close, low-scoring game. I do. And I, I don't know if anyone else is wanting to toss scores out there. I see people in the comments tossing them out, seeing stuff like 21-17 Cowboys, 28-22 Cowboys with uh, Wuzier and Brown getting a pick. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there as well. I think I'm gonna say 20 to 19 Dallas, and I, I do I do think Dallas gets a pair of picks. I think that they're going to have to hang on late. So I think this is going to be a challenge for the defense to show that not only can they play well, but when the other team is driving late in the game, they're gonna have to you know bat down the hatches and hold them back. I think they had a 20 to 19 score before, if I'm not mistaken, that we actually lost that game. 2016. Mm-hmm. 2016. So I, I don't know if you pulled that out of your crevices of your mind. Is that something you just thought of right quick? Did you want to say my butt instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah>, the cre- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm like the crevices. Wow, come on, the you're crevices. <laughs> you pull it out though. You pull it out though. You say, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was thinking less than three touchdowns for the Cowboys. That that's really all it was. That I knew it was a close game, less than three touchdowns. So somewhat out of my mind. Your mind. Yeah. Hey, uh, computer man, what's what? What's I know you don't want to give the score, but what are your prediction of the game plan the Cowboys must do in order to win? Because it's all about winning over here. What they got to do? Just like my granddad used to say, either you want to shit or get off the pot. They want to shit or get off the pot. Because it's, 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 it's game time. If we lose before a game, Jared's not going to make a six one because he'll be gone. Or Jared's going to let him go. Um, uh, going to have to give. You know, at some point, this team will have to get mad. I feel like the defensive backfield has got mad and then got over themselves. The rest of the team gonna have to act like the rest of the rest of the defense. The rest of the team have to be like the defensive backfield. The kicker yeah. gonna have the same attitude. It just, I'm sorry, man. It just sometimes it feel I feel like Garrett, he don't, he ain't pissed off. So the team ain't pissed off. Everybody else in this league has kind of like an edge to him. Our edge is, oh, we just the Cowboys. We arrogant. No, sometimes it needs to be a little bit more than that. The '90s Cowboys wasn't like that. They was like, "Help y'all. We finna run over y'all." You know what I'm saying? Even when Tom Landry was winning, it's the same way it was. F y'all, we're going to run over y'all. But now we got the attitude that we like, all right, we the Cowboys. No, people hate us. So you got to hate them back. You know what I'm saying? Michael Corleone said, never hate your enemies, but it clouds your judgment. He wrong about them. Not, not when it comes to football, they don't. You know what I'm saying? It might work in the, with the mobster, but on the football field, your anger is your weapon. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then on top of other teams being mad at Jerry about the, the anthem anthem stuff, there's a lot of stuff that we have to get over along with being the Cowboys. The team was already up for us. That's just something else for them to get up over. You know what I'm saying? Then it's jealousy of our players. So we got to take and counteract that. You know what I'm saying? We're like, hey, F y'all too. You know, quit shaking hands and change the jersey. F them. See them fools in the offseason and hang out with them. You want to be friends with them. But from, from August – to January, I don't want to see none of y'all. I don't even like talking to my friends that pull for other teams. They don't see me during football season because they know I'll be done jumped on them with that bull crap. Leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I'm sorry. This is how I am. It's where my coach was and 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 my uncles are like that and my dad are like that. We don't want to fool with you when football season. Leave us alone. You know what I'm saying? We love you, but you're the enemy right now. You know, and we right. don't, and we don't, until we do that, and I, I feel like if they get angry and they come out, we're going to beat the stew out of the Giants. No they come doubt. out. No they doubt. come out like, "Hey, my brother, Kumbala, we gonna get beat." You know okay. what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know what team gonna show up. So, uh, with that being said, you said just go out there and maul over them. F them, yeah. So, yeah, we are gonna put that thing right there. So, one way or another, guys, it, this is the thing. 
this is the thing. The Cowboys are going to win 18 to 13. They're going to run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott. It's not going to be the high flashing scoring. I think that they're going to get a point out the special team or get the special team. I'm feeling like this special team is going to do something. And that's what I'm feeling with this uh, particular team, Dallas Cowboys versus the Giants, 18 to 13, a smasher. And, I, think, uh, I think Zeke and Dak going to look good. Yeah. Zeke and Dak going to look good. That's what I'm talking about. So, Big Game James, where can they find you at, fam? Yo, they can just check us out. Silver and Blue Nation every Sunday will be on this Sunday. Uh, it's the late night, so we're probably going to do the you know the pregame, postgame. Make sure you check it out. We'll be doing live. Uh, Big Game James page, you hear the name, go check it out. Say what you want. Go hard. Just don't disrespect. You get banned. And You know, we're everywhere. Uh, uh, Patreon, make sure you, if you would like to subscribe. Silver and Blue Nation, Patreon. Um, and Instagram, YouTube. Uh, whatever subscribe um you know do what you like have fun we talking cowboys all day yes indeed even twice on sunday that's what i'm talking about computer tell them where they can find your information what you're working on and all that stuff tell them where they can find you at oh yeah ddp i think they got mad because i did that show with you because we don't do the uh friday at 2 30 i'm a kid i'm just playing <laughs> oh <laughs> they got mad because you did your show the live stream with us the yeah, thing I I was just joking. Oh, okay, man. I was, I was like, oh, crap. I hope not, man. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> my brother oh, wow. said, my brother just did was tripping out there earlier today. Nah, man. Uh, nah, you can check me out on my Twitter, you know, Cowboy Computer. And uh, that new show I'm going to be doing, hopefully I'll be doing it with y'all. It's going to be Cowboy Fanatic, uh, Fanatics. So uh, once we get it together, and like I said, uh, y'all make sure y'all check me out. Y'all check all these guys out on their on they feeds and stuff. And, you know, they excellent. You know, they, they really give you what you need that you can't get nowhere else. Me, three guys, you don't need ESPN, you don't need NFL Network. Just hit these three up and go to DallasCowboys.com, throw that in there, and uh, everybody be good. That's what I do. That's where I get my information from. Yeah. And, and I, I call this man, where is him all the time? You know, he may have Sometimes I be calling him and he be on live, both of them. <laughs> I be uh, ringing that call, I be like, damn, I just, just turn on Facebook and watch it, but I don't be thinking like that. I'm like, I got that number. I'm finna- so that popped my head. I called one of y'all, y'all online. I'm like, oh my God, they ain't oh, okay, they don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You know. We be cool live stuff. like 95. And I'm just like, this computer yeah, right there calling me. Computer. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, yeah. it's just like. <laughs> yes indeed so uh tell them all the good stuff that you got going on right now ddp shout out to you, to you computer for all the stuff that you do too as well for the nation but Thanks. ddp man tell them what's going on man tell the world right quick what's going on and everything and where they can yeah. find you at. yeah yeah yeah. so uh basically if you guys didn't see the announcement i put out yesterday uh i've accepted the staff writer position with dallas sports fanatic and my first article for them, which released yesterday morning, actually got picked up and put on Bleacher Report, which was awesome. First time getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome to load up the phone and literally see first link on the Cowboys page uh, at the time, of course, uh, was my article like that. That's awesome. So my, my work for the Dallas Prospects is going to continue. I'm still doing just as much, if not more content than before. My articles will still cross post to Dallas Prospect probably later the same day, if not the next day. But first crack of my articles will typically, if it's Cowboys or Mavericks related, will go to Dallas Sports Fanatic. And I'm going to see for the Mavericks season about getting some media credentials and getting back into the locker room again. So that'll be cool. Uh, beyond that, the the only thing worth noting, uh, and I'm not going to get into details of it, but 
Uh, Law and I won't be doing the uh, watch parties moving forward. Um, that's just something to just to, as a heads up. Uh, but they're still doing that. So if you want to support that, go ahead, go ahead and do that. And uh, I know the guys they got for it now are good. So they're good dudes. Want to support it? Go ahead, encourage it. But yeah, we we got a lot going on here. Um, I'm gonna keep grinding, keep working. If you want to subscribe to the channel? By all means, please do. We're closing in on 1,300 subs now, and I'd like to hit that number here very soon. Uh, beyond that, Twitter, at Dallas Prospect, Facebook, all that jazz. You know where to find us. Yes, indeed. So, hey, guys, follow that page. The Dallas Prospect. Every legend was once a prospect. And, uh, guys, I have a, a Law Nation page, too, as well. Don't forget to smash that like button. And also join the notification squad too as well. Gang up. And let's get this thing going one way or another. This is your brother from another mother. No other. Don't look like Danny Glover. But I keep it cool with you guys. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Salute. Peace. Peace. Yeah, we got some music play out. But we're still yeah. live, Mike. Just for warning for anyone. Then I'm out of here, thanks. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>